We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We get home too late from work to attend a home group. We're just too busy and too exhausted from all the other things we're doing. And listen, those other things you're doing, they may be good things. They may be good things. They may not be bad things. They may not be sinful things. They may be good things, but don't allow good things to crowd out the best thing. And the best thing in your life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you busy? Do you feel like you just don't have time for prayer or a Bible study? The pace of life can easily get away from us sometimes, but in his message today, Pastor Dan will encourage you to remain focused on the most important part of your life, your relationship with God. You have an enemy that wants to get you off track. He's already lost your soul to Jesus, so... He'll try to distract you from being an effective Christ follower. Don't let him. Remember to prioritize Jesus first in your life. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 9. And let me pray for us and then we'll get into the word. Lord, as we open your word now, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Lord, I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just as a review, remember in chapter 4, Moses and Aaron returned to the land of Egypt to inform the elders of Israel that the Lord Jehovah, Yahweh, had appeared to Moses in the wilderness of Midian and that the Lord had sent Moses back to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel out of their bondage. And chapter 4 ends, look back at chapter 4, verse 31. It says, uh, so the people believed and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked on their affliction, then they bowed their heads And they worshipped. And now we come into chapter 5. And Moses and Aaron go to tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go. Now, remember, Moses spent the first 40 years of his life living in Pharaoh's palace as part of Pharaoh's household. And so now he comes back. He's 80 years old at this point. Uh, He hasn't been there for 40 years. And what was it like for Moses to return back to Pharaoh's palace after being gone so long? And now he shows back up and walks into this palace to meet with Pharaoh. And says in verse 1, Afterward, Moses and Aaron 
went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Now, turn back a page in your Bible to chapter 3, verse 18. Chapter 3, verse 18. And here in chapter 3, verse 18, this is when the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush and told him to go back to Egypt. And in verse 18, the Lord said that the elders of Israel will go with Moses and Aaron to the king of Egypt. But the elders of Israel didn't go with Moses and Aaron to the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was the most powerful ruler in the world. And apparently the elders lost their nerve to go confront Pharaoh and make this request. The Hebrews, the Israelites, had been slaves for hundreds of years at this point. Multiple generations of Hebrews were born into slavery, and they feared Pharaoh. And so the elders don't go. And Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh without the elders of Israel. Look at verse 18 again. Chapter 3, verse 18, God told Moses exactly what he should say to Pharaoh. It says in verse 18, then they will heed your voice and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt. And here's what you're going to say. You shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now, please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. So they are to politely ask the king of Egypt for permission to go worship their God for only three days. They're to say, please, right? Say the magic word when you go in to talk to Pharaoh. Please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Now turn back to chapter five and look what Moses and Aaron actually said and verse 1, they go in to Pharaoh and say, Thus says the Lord of God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. They demand that Pharaoh let them go to hold a feast. And they say, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go. They don't say please. They don't explain. It's only for three days. They just kind of put this demand on Pharaoh. And notice in verse 1, the word Lord is in all capital letters. It's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That means it is the name Yahweh. And so it really reads, what they really say is, you know, thus says Yahweh, God of Israel, let my people go. Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go. Now look at Pharaoh's response in verse 2. And Pharaoh said, who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I don't know Yahweh, nor will I let Israel go. Now, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was considered divine by the Egyptian people. They considered Pharaoh to be a god, a deity. And so this really becomes a showdown between Yahweh, God of Israel, and Pharaoh, one of the gods of Egypt. And because Pharaoh believed that he was a god, he arrogantly answered, 
Well, who is Yahweh? That I should obey him. Now, when the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush back in chapter 3, Moses humbly replied, who am I? Pharaoh arrogantly replied, who is Yahweh? Who is Yahweh? I don't have to listen to Yahweh. I don't have to do what Yahweh tells me to do. Yahweh has no authority over me. I've never heard of this Yahweh. I'm a more powerful God than Yahweh. You know, there are many people today who are just as arrogant as Pharaoh. And in their arrogance, they say, who's Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus that I need to obey him? Jesus doesn't have any authority over me or my life. I don't have to listen to him. I don't have to listen to the Bible. I don't have to do what the Bible says to do. I don't have to obey that. People who have that insolent attitude towards Jesus Christ really see themselves as God and the only authority they have to answer to. Listen to me, especially if that's you, if that's kind of your attitude. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then comes the judgment. That every person in the world who's ever existed will one day stand before Jesus Christ and be judged by him. And the Bible says one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day everyone will acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. Either as Savior now or as judge then. Pharaoh pompously said, well, who is Yahweh? And Yahweh will answer his question over the next seven chapters. Pharaoh will learn who Yahweh is, and Pharaoh will learn he is not God. By the time we get to chapter 13, Pharaoh will regret asking this question, who is Yahweh, that I should obey him? Now look at verse 3. Now in verse 3 they said, the God of the Hebrews. The question, who is Yahweh? He's the God of the Hebrews. He has met with us. Please let us go three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence and with the sword. Now Moses and Aaron use the language prescribed by the Lord back in chapter 3, verse 18. They get back on the script here. They say, please, like God told them to. And they say what God told them to say. Please, let us go three days' journey into the desert, sacrifice to Yahweh, our God, lest he, Yahweh, fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Now, I've mentioned this in a previous study. There is evidence of the kings of Egypt granting other groups a few days off from their labor to go worship their God. And so this request to go worship the Lord for three days in the desert It's a very reasonable request that the king of Egypt granted to other groups. This should be an easy yes for the king of Egypt. But the king of Egypt will say no to the children of Israel, showing the hardness of his heart toward the people of God and the God of the Hebrews. Notice at the end of verse 3, Moses and Aaron say, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with a sword. In other words, If we aren't allowed to go worship our God for three days in the desert and sacrifice to him, 
our God may punish us with pestilence, with a pandemic or disease and death. Now, this should have concerned Pharaoh because the Hebrews were the labor force in Egypt. And if something happens to the Hebrews, Egypt will lose its labor force and the economy of the nation will tank. But even without warning, the king of Egypt still refused to let the children of Israel go. It just shows how hard-hearted and stubborn Pharaoh was. He was willing to destroy the economy of the nation instead of allowing the Hebrews just three days off to go worship their God in the desert. And as we'll see with the plagues, Pharaoh's hardness toward God will cause Egypt to be completely ruined as a nation. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. He will refuse to change his mind. He'll refuse to change course and wait until the nation is completely destroyed by these plagues before he finally lets the children of Israel go. You know, it's amazing how someone will allow their own hard heart and their own stubbornness to just bring destruction to their life when they know they need to repent and turn to Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation, and yet they just stubbornly continue on the course they're on, even though it's just bringing destruction, it's bringing ruin everywhere in their life, in their family, in their relationships, everywhere, and they just stay on it. The heart can be very, very stubborn and very, very hard. Verse 4 says, Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. The Hebrews have too much time on their hands. Not only does Pharaoh say no to their request, he will punish Israel for making the request. Verse 6 So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, you shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, and you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it, and let them not regard false words. If you remember, the Egyptians enslaved the Hebrews and used them to build cities for the Egyptians, and as part of their labor, they made bricks. 
And they would make the bricks uh, out of mud, and they used straw to manufacture bricks. Uh, Straw was kind of like the rebar of the ancient world. And they used straw for two reasons. First of all, the straw acted as a binder to hold the mud bricks together. And secondly, as the straw decayed, it gave off an acid that made the bricks hardened and stronger over time. Look at the text again. Pharaoh says, the Hebrews are idle. They have too much free time. That's why they're asking to go worship their God. And so straw will no longer be provided for them for the making of bricks. Up to this point, cut straw was supplied to the Hebrews by the Egyptians for the making of bricks. But now the Hebrews will be required to go out and gather straw for themselves, but their daily quota of bricks shall not be reduced. So they still have to make the same number of bricks every day. But they have to go gather their own straw and still produce the same number of bricks each day. Now, in the ancient Egyptian city of Pithom, which if you remember from chapter 1, that was one of the cities that the Hebrew slaves built for the Egyptians. The city of Pithom, archaeologists have found in some of the buildings that bricks in the lower parts of the walls have cut straw in them, very uniform cut straw in them. But as you move up the walls, the bricks have less straw in them. And the straw is not cut. And it's not uniform. It's pulled out of the ground by hand. Some of the straw even has the root system uh, mixed in uh, with it. And then some of the bricks towards the tops of the walls have no straw in them at all. They're just mud which is consistent with what we read here in Exodus chapter 5. Again, the archaeologist Spade confirms what the Bible says. Once the Hebrews were required to collect their own straw for brickmaking, the quality of the bricks decreased, as we would imagine it would. Look at verse 9 again. Let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it, and let them not regard False words or vain words, empty words. This whole idea of going out and worshiping your God for three days. It's vain. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of words. And so please note here, because the people of Israel wanted to go worship their God, Pharaoh laid more work on them so they would be so busy and so burdened they would not want to go worship the Lord. They will not have time or energy to go worship their God. And listen, give me your attention. You have an enemy. We have an enemy. We have an adversary, the devil, who does not want us worshiping Jesus Christ. And when you desire to draw near to Jesus Christ, when you desire to seek the Lord, when you attempt to make Jesus Christ a greater priority in your life, And in your family, your adversary will try to prevent you from seeking the Lord. And often he will try to prevent you by laying more work upon you. And laying a greater burden on you. Maybe he will lay more work on you. Maybe more activities. 
more things to do so that you don't have the time or the energy to seek the Lord. This is one of the tactics of the enemy. One of the tactics of the enemy is to keep us so busy that we don't have time for the Lord. And he can keep us busy with work and school and sports and hobbies and activities and so on. And he can just fill our schedule and weigh us down with stuff to do that we don't have time for Jesus. We don't have time for daily devotions in the morning. We don't have time for prayer or for worship or Bible study or men's groups or women's groups or home Bible studies. We're too tired We're too tired to come out to church or a Bible study on Thursday night. We get home too late from work to attend a home group. We're just too busy and too exhausted from all the other things we're doing. And listen, those other things you're doing, they may be good things. They may be good things. They may not be bad things. They may not be sinful things. They may be good things, but don't allow good things to crowd out the best thing. And the best thing in your life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's like the seed that fell among the thorns in the parable that Jesus told. The seed that fell among the thorns, remember the thorns grew up and choked out the seed. And Jesus explained that the seed is the word of God. And the thorns, he said, are the cares of this world and the pleasures of this life and the desire for riches, and the desire for other things, he said. And they choke out the word of God so that the word does not bear fruit in our lives. Don't allow the thorns to choke out the word. Don't allow other things to choke out your relationship with Jesus Christ. Take heed. Beware. Make sure that busyness and activities do not prevent you from seeking first the kingdom of God. And from keeping Jesus Christ the first priority and in first place in your life and in your family. Don't allow good things to crowd out the best thing. And the best thing is Jesus. I have a good friend who was offered a a huge promotion at work. And it was an amazing opportunity uh, that many within the company would have desired to have. And he turned it down much to the surprise of his superiors at work because it was such a huge opportunity. And his boss at work sat down with him and asked, why in the world would you ever turn down this opportunity? And my friend told his boss, my number one priority in my life is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And my number two priority in my life is my family. And this job is my number three priority. And I know that if I accept this promotion, that new position will take up so much of my time and energy that my number three priority in life will infringe on my number one and my number two priority in my life. And I don't want that to happen. That's seeking first the kingdom of God in your life. And that's wise. Prioritizing Jesus Christ over everything else and protecting that relationship is wise. But just know you have an enemy. And you have an enemy that is going to try to get you so busy and so wiped out tired that Jesus Christ becomes second place. 
and you don't have time for him in your life. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Ray of Truth just brought you another great verse-by-verse teaching with Pastor Dan Sexton. Aren't you glad you stuck around to listen? We trust today's words touched your life in a very real and personal way. Pastor Dan has been staying in the book of Exodus with its stories of redemption and so much more. You don't want to miss a single episode. And if by chance you already have, just go to calvaryec.com to catch up. While you're there, check out our app to get other messages. Follow us on Facebook and iTunes, too. If you don't know that much about us or what we believe, make sure to visit the About tab. It will fill you in on what we're all about here. Are you in the Maryland area? Come visit us either Sunday morning or Thursday evening. Times can be found at calvaryec.com, so make sure to go there now. Meeting you face-to-face would be such a privilege. Our time with you has come to an end today, and so for now we say goodbye. But before we go, would you give us a call at 410-491-4592 and let us know how this program spoke to you today? Again, that's 410-491-4592. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. Thank you from Columbia, Maryland, for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am well, I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.